Welcome to Straight from the Horse's Mouth, where we cut the BS and give you the truth all about sports. I'm Eric Rashel, hosting this show with my good friend Bryce Olden. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, people? We are back in the building for episode 16. Man, it's just, it's been one of those weeks, people. It's been one of those weeks, man, just from the beginning of the week with Jacob Blake, the middle of the week with the NBA boycotts, to tragic news yesterday, man. Uh... Chadwick Boseman, uh, obviously the actor who played Black Panther, uh, Jackie Robinson in 42, other movies he was in. Uh, he did like the Bridges, New York 21 movie, Bridges. 21 Bridges. Um, he died yesterday at the uh, age of 43. Age 43, young, uh, as far as I'm concerned, at the uh, four-year battle with colon cancer, which I didn't even know he had. Neither did I. And not only did I not know he had it, I didn't know he was in the late stages of colon cancer, like. Yeah, because he would have shot Black Panther during that, yeah. roughly t- towards the beginning of that or so, and a lot of these other movies. And one thing I was thinking about yesterday, I was t- asking my friend about this, I was like, because I would, it got to a point where I was seeing him everywhere. I was like, man, he, man, he, he, he pumping these movies out, and he doing all these, you know, he, he was, he kept being like in a public eye, and I was I like, mean, we, he seemed more of kind of like a reserved guy, so I was surprised that I kept seeing him like that, but kind of makes sense now. I mean, they were, they, were, they had plans to do Black Panther two, and then the third chapter of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's not going to happen, or it's gonna they're gonna have to change the storyline on that. Right. I thought he was just making a movie right now, though, too. It could have been. That I um, or is that somebody else? Well, I know the pandemic halted. No, that's that's a different. Wait, that's a different movie I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. But I that that killed me inside. Caught me off guard, man. Sure. I was a huge Black Panther fan. That's one. That's he's one of my favorite characters. I'm, I'm into. Him like like regular humans like like Captain America like not you know just not like space stuff like they're Earth people. It was just it was just a shock, man. It just it just further uh, just encompasses what twenty twenty has just been like from a whole year. It's just been one wave of emotion. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant to start the year. Uh, Stopping sports, COVID in the COVID, middle of the it. pandemic. Uh, just. Just everything, man, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement going on. Yeah, so the whole political we we we're in an election year. Yeah, like it's just you know we got a hurricane. You know, two back to back, back double back to back yeah. hurricane. Wouldn't be twenty twenty without two hurricanes. So it's just one of those years, man, and it's just just more sad news. But um, yeah, so we're gonna dedicate this podcast to Chad Bowman, man. Just just a big fan of his. Uh, yeah, and he's responsible for my song pick of the day. Uh, the song I decided to go with is called All the Stars, obviously off the Black Panther soundtrack. The song is by Kendrick Lamar featuring SZA. Um, so that's the song of the day. So uh, rest in heaven, Chadwick Boseman. Um, you are missed, and uh, hopefully your legacy lives on in your work forever. And, and with that, um, as sad as that is, we're going to jump right into it, starting with the NBA. Let's and we're going to talk about the boycott. Yes, sir. Now, if anybody doesn't, we, we touched a little bit about this on Wednesday. Um I guess Thursday the so the Bucks decided to not play, which started then a trend for the MLB and the WNBA. Right. And first of all, can we just take a moment to appreciate the the women of the WNBA? I mean, I just want to because okay, people people don't know me. When it comes to women's sports, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm sexist. I'm misogynistic. I don't like women basketball. It's boring to me. I can't stand it. My father loves it. He's traveled out of the state to watch a women's high school basketball game before. God bless him for that. I, no, but respect. I give respect where respect is due. 
and them women been holding it down in the WNBA for all kind of causes for yeah. years, for years. And they'll make no, anywhere near amount of money. Don't that make they, nowhere near the amount of money. Le- LeBron makes in one year more than the entire WNBA combined. They they make so much little money, but if you ask them to boycott a game and give up a game check, they'll do it in a heartbeat. I guarantee it. I I. I just something about that league and those when they're just special, man. So shout out to all of them. Also to shout out to Nomi uh, Osaka, the tennis player, for stepping up and, and as well. And for me, shout out to Christy Tolliver, my favorite WNBA player. All right, we got, best, you got best, a favorite WNBA player. Christy Tolliver, right. best three best three point shooter in the world. Right. Well, in the WNBA. Better man than me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So like Eric was saying, uh, the boycott in the W. Boycott, the the right. boycott affected the MLB, NBA, and the. And the uh, WNBA, I'm not sure if it affected the NHL. The NHL, they played that day. Okay. But then I think we, like either yes, yesterday or the day before they decided to postpone some games. But All right. So the Bucks came out with a statement. George Hill and Sterling Brown uh, read a statement saying that you know they you know basically to me the thing that caught me because I would read the statement but it's very short and brief so I'm gonna just summarize is that basically they they're expected as basketball players to give 110 percent full effort. And energy on the court, and they expect the politicians to do the same in response to Black Lives Matter. So this is a Black Lives Matter response, which we did touch about on Wednesday. So we're not going to get too much into that side of it, but the side we're going to get into is what exactly happened in the bubble. Because doing some doing some reading, some source checking, there's been a, sources and leaks come out about what exactly happened inside the bubble. Um, so basically, these were team. Player only meetings that they had decided because once the Bucks took that step, everybody else felt obligated to take yeah, that step as well. Because you can't. Because now it's I don't know. I mean, now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna look like you know. I, I look mean, funny. Look funny. Yeah, I look funny. Uh, there, there's different. You can use whatever verbiage you want for that. You you know, obligated or now they're just kind of like put in a tough position because not that maybe they didn't want to boycott it, but. The whole reason they did the bubble is so that they could play again. Right. So then the whole league's kind of like, well, wait a second. Now we st- we're we not playing because Kyrie Irving was here beforehand. Mm-hmm. And even Dwight Howard, who's playing now, were here. They were all here in June and July. And I'm, and I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm, I don't think it's a knock, but just a little bit like, okay, we, we thought about postponing the season, but now they just want to postpone the game. So the league was kind of in a twist for this. So then they had these player-only meetings. Yeah. And what they talked about was okay. All right, so, so we all are we are we doing a season or is, are we just doing the games? Are we gonna are we actually gonna play? Because the second round has already been prepped. Because um, we all know Philly and Brooklyn were out. Um, so second round in the East is ready to go. Bucks, by the way, just finished their win today, so they're gonna be playing the Heat. So everyone's getting ready to go to the second round. The Bucks gonna stop playing. So they can call it as a season. Now, Disney spent $1 billion. A lot of money. A billion to get, because $200 million for the bubble, $300 million for the players, and the other, there's a million for something else, and then $300 million for the owners, which they all billionaires, so they didn't really care about that. But basically, the <laughs> in, inside, they're all like, okay, sure, we're going to miss games. And then they all collectively came together and said, all right, are we going to keep playing or not? And I heard it was crazy. Yeah. Were, everyone was just throwing out all kinds of different things that they wanted to talk about. But then they always say, okay, go to your respective teams. And y'all decide. And you guys decide. And the Bucks came out and said, okay, we're going to play. Well, and damn. <laughs> and everybody else was like, I'm sorry, you just postponed a game. So 
the, but the two teams, so everyone said cool except for two teams. Mm-hmm. Lakers and the Clippers. Clippers. The LA teams. Right. So LeBron is the face of the NBA. That's his team. This is his league. It is. And he said, you know, we're not playing. And the Clippers, I'm guessing, said something similar to that. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, to me, just in general, if they were to stop the season, LeBron makes 20 some million dollars a year. So there's no problem with that. But can the 12 guys on these benches, can the 12 guys and then the guys who are just on the do not play but on the roster, are they going to be – I'm not saying that they're not making enough money, but into probably how they live their lives, I don't know if they can miss a season right. for how, or miss these years. So when, when we left off, right, like Eric said, it was just the games were being boycotted. That was it. Nothing, nothing was happening. There were no meetings had yet to be set. And then the meetings happened, and like you said, we did our research. We looked at videos and stuff like that to try to kind of get a further take on what the hell was going on. Because it was too much hoopla was coming out. And it's one thing, the first the first time we heard about it, it was a good thing. Guy got shot. The Bucks are boycotting it. Happened in Wisconsin. That's great. That's great. That's well, a great It's close look. to home, so they have reasoning. And then you start hearing stuff. You start going, hmm. Okay, everybody kind of wasn't on the same page. Well, once you start to give a broader look at it, you're thinking, like, I'm, I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that, but the point, and LeBron made this statement, we're playing basketball in this bubble that will draw attention to us because people are going to be watching the games. And in the middle of the games, and I don't know if they're doing this so much now, but beforehand, every halftime interview with the player was about not basketball. Yeah. But it's purely racial justice. So they've been on that spotlight. So to stop playing, the Bucks made a statement, but in almost way it was almost, I don't know what the word you would say, not controversial, but almost the opposite of what the goal was. Because I wasn't keeping up. Look, I'm a Bucks fan. I wasn't keeping up with Giannis during the, during the whole, from, from March until July at all. Right. Maybe, maybe to check out because his new shoe was coming out, which didn't happen until the season started back up. Right. I wasn't watching – LeBron or Luka highlights or, you know, I wasn't watching the NBA. I was playing 2K at best. So, I watched some old games. Well, I'm, the, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. There was some, but my point is, is there was no attention until they started to play again. So that was why they started playing. So for them to stop does kind of seem like that, that, was this, that was the opposite of the point we were trying to make. Because mm-hmm. the more people watch NBA, the more they're going to pay attention to things you have to say because there's interviews all over the place. So, so I think LeBron made that statement that for him then to – He's got two statements here. One, we need to play to draw attention to the spotlight. And then two, he was saying, okay, well, you guys want to play again after postponing? Well, I don't want to play now. So there's two places. There's two things going here here's that don't a, quite connect. Here's the thing. It's a, it's a, what started off as a good story, now it's just an ugly look. Yeah. Because I don't, I agree with them not playing, right? The, you need to, sometimes when, it, when, it, when something like that happens, you need to take a step back. You're emotional. You want you probably right, even play right, right, well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you maybe you need to clear your mind, clear your head. All right, everybody take a day off. We kind of wind down. And plus, like we highlighted with the Paul George thing last podcast, it's stressful being in that bubble. Oh, right? They're all tense. They're all tense. They're away from their families. Um, forced to be there, really. And, almost, and, almost forced. And to then stay you know, there. and they went into the bubble with the whole social justice stuff happening. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like it was like a break from that. And there's a damn pandemic still going on outside of this world. So 
it, it's already a high stress situation. When the Bucks decided to do what they did and not alerting anybody, it kind of was like the China situation with Daryl Morey, right? Daryl Morey sends out the tweet about China, doesn't let anybody know that he sent out the tweet. Now the NBA players in China, they're thinking about the, you know, hey, it's like a little tour, hey guy, you know, welcome to the you know, NBA, sign the shoe. They, they're gonna do some little speaking engagements, make some quick million money real quick. You know, one of those ambassador type of tours, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden they're getting bombarded with, say, what do you think about Daryl Moore's comments about Hong Kong? Huh? What do you think about the Chinese government? So that's what they felt like. We getting caught off guard again? We get caught with our pants down, with our ankles again, and the butt. One of our brothers is doing well, this. And, 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 and let me okay. and let me catch you real quick. The Bucks did this after they got to the stadium. So they woke up. Blah blah blah. Sorry. They get they they get their bags. They pack the bags. They put them on the bus. They get on the bus. They drive to the stadium. They get off the bus. They get into the stadium. They get their sweatsuits on. And George and Sterling Brown, I'm assuming, because they're the ones that made the statement. Because Sterling Brown was, had some problems with the police. Yeah, and, was beat, and, and George Hill is one of the older veterans who has felt more hard um, of this because he's been around the league for a while in different teams. And so then they decide that those two aren't going to play, so then the whole team says we're not going to play. Right. And the Magic are there. And so then the they're Magic. out there on the floor. And they were going to give him a forfeit, but the Magic, who could take a game, were like, no, 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 we aren't going to do it that way. We I would take that game. We want we want to play and win the game, despite the fact that you know, they took the L today. So it, it it you know it was pointless. But this obviously seems when you when you hear that kind of information that it might have been a last minute decision. Right. Like okay, I'm sorry. Like you know you know Giannis Middleton come back from the bathroom saying, "Oh, we're not playing." I'm sorry. I, what? You know, like I, I just went to the bathroom. Now we're not playing. What happened? Like while well, I was gone. So. Seems like that was a last-minute decision, and then the NBA was just like, you know what, we're going to call for everybody mm-hmm. because you got to follow in their steps now. Right. Now, now they're going to come back and play. Yeah. But the effects that this is having on the players, I think, is, is absolutely tremendous, like you were saying. Like, there's been so many incidents from, ni- from the 1920 season to stopping to the China to, I mean, Kobe. So many different things have been going on throughout this league. I, I don't – I think it's just make, it's just putting more pressure on these players in a bubble already. And um, so you have that, right? So you have the fact that the players felt like they got caught off guard. So they're not happy about that. But the story comes out, and it's a good story. All the news outlets are covering it. It's getting good publicity. Cool. So then they have the meeting, right? What are we gonna do? We gonna boycott the season? We gonna play? Like, what are we gonna do, right? And like Eric said, the Bucks come out and say, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play. And everybody, like Eric said, we're going to, wait, 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 wait a minute. You because just, you just, you just postponed, you just can't, you just stopped, you just did not play. And you didn't say anything. And now you want to come up in this meeting and say, you, you good? You want to play? Well, because to me, you're giving off the, you're giving off the vibe. We're done. Right. I'm not going to go one game versus the whole season. Now, I understand there's a difference. Like, I'm saying, like, yeah, you may not, but because it took so hard to get the NBA here, to me, to me when you stop playing one game, it, it's, it just gives me that the the feel that I guess they're done. Right, and so so you have that right. So people are mad at that. So now they're mad at the well, Bucks the teams, for yes. right for 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 doing one thing and then doing another. They're not they're not happy about that. So when that when that happens, people are naturally upset. I get that. So they told them to, all right, that's what we're going to do. 
going through the separate things, which is cool, which is fine. But at the end of the day, it makes the NBA look, what's the word? Unprofessional. Unprofessional. Yeah, unprofessional. That's a great word. I was, that was I could not think of a word. As much as they're ballers, they're right. still business people right. in, in, because in some sense. When you decide when you decide not to play, you got to be on one accord. That's not a decision one team can just make. This is a like Eric said. Disney spent billion a billion dollars on this is money at stake now. Like it's it's more than at the beginning of the story when we covered it Wednesday. It was at that moment it was a social justice issue. As the days went on, it has become more of all right. No, it's still a social justice issue, but now it's a money issue too right, some because some guys can't afford to take off. Like Eric said, right. Not to mention. It, when they were talking about, okay, we can stop the season, a number that we were hearing is if they don't play this year. What's the word? I'm sorry. There's three years left on the collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players. A force module. A force module, which means that if, force any, module. if anything happens globally, they could, re, they could have to redo the agreement. Something global like a pandemic, pandemic which has been a catchphrase. So if they do that, I guarantee. First of all, they're not. That means they're gonna lose money because they're they're, they're broadcasting these games. Now you're gonna cut that. So the, I heard a number earlier today from somebody that basically they the owners could say, okay, we're cutting the salary cap by sixty percent. Mm-hmm. So you go from making thirty million dollars, LeBron, you know, James, AD, any anybody who makes, you know, basically anybody who makes whatever they're making sixty percent. So guys making thirty million now ten million, right. and guys making ten million, so. You, you get the whole thing. So right. now they're making $3 million. So that's not really an option. So I, I'm not, So I think when, you know, but LeBron, guess what? He can take that, okay? He's made over a billion dollars accumulatively of his entire year in the NBA. And guys like Dwight Howard who are, you know, not making much now, but they have made their amount, of course, they're fine. But, but and, and it's not just saying it's about the money. I, I'm not saying these players, it's all it's about is the money. For some of these players, it is. But I don't think that you can take that much of a cut. I mean, these owners, it seems like there's already a tense spot between the players and the owners. But the players have a good spot here, to me, as well, to, to make social justice issues while playing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, there's nothing they need to stop doing to, to be able to handle both sides of this. Well, we, we got to mention that this was a very raw reaction to yes, what happened. Yes. So I understand I again like I, I said, last second decision by the Bucks probably. The play I think was a good thing that everybody can just take a step back and breathe. Um, but one thing that you mentioned that we kinda need to talk about now is the LeBron James aspect of this, right? Because as much as we love the NBA we don't give a damn about most of these teams if they ain't playing LeBron. Like, let's just keep it 100. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody care if, if about the Magic and the Jazz and the Nuggets. You know, like, no, no, the Thunder. We don't care, right? We don't. Like, so LeBron James opts out, right? Pretty much says, you know what, we're not playing. Now, primarily the reason that has come out is because there was no plan, right? And you've heard plenty of people, Stephen Jackson, went on social media saying, you know, everything don't need a plan. Everything don't need a plan. No, everything plan. But don't, but I disagree with that. Though previously LeBron was the one saying we need to play, yeah. which I think is interesting. I, I disagree with that. You want to show unity, right? You want to show that, hey, we're not just some run-of-the-mill league. We're united. We're together, Right. All the great protests that took place in the 60s, whatever it was, the, the bus boycotts, the, uh, sit-ins. the sit-ins, right? They were planned. March on Washington. The March, right, the March on Washington. They, they were all planned. 
anytime it's something that's kind of like erratic and last moment, it doesn't look good and it's not respected. So I understood LeBron's like, look, man, I'm LeBron James. I'm not just going to be sitting up here. I got my own causes and my own initiatives. You got the more than the vote thing that's out right now. I got, I, I don't need, like, I, I don't need y'all. Like, LeBron, like, but keep it 100. He don't. <laughs> LeBron is bigger than the NBA at this point. He don't need this. He, hey, look, man, y'all want to, y'all want to debate for these next couple weeks if we should play, we're going to stop. Because a point LeBron made is, okay. All right, you stop and play, you uh, George Hill. Cool. It's twenty twenty. Police are still police. Black people are still black people. What if another guy gets shot? It's very plausible. It's happening. Well, that's, that's, that's what I was about to say. So, so in the second, third round, if something again? else happens, are we gonna stop? Stop again? Like, what's the plan? And then also, if you don't want to play, what are you gonna do when you leave here? When you leave here, what are you gonna do, Lil Will? Go back to the strip club? Not that I know anything about that. We gonna go back to the strip club? We gonna go one two quick one two Cancun? <laughs> like like what are y'all gonna do? Don't don't tell me you are gonna postpone and, and you gonna chuck your cheese the next day. And I heard that and I think it's a point that I that I agree with. Okay, once these playoffs are done, whoever wins the finals, whoever gets kicked out of the playoffs, where I want to see the social justice movement. Then I don't want to see them going one two Cancun because. You're up somewhat you're upset that you're in the bubble. You're upset that you're not playing basketball, but you're also upset that there's you want to do more for social justice. So that means when you have a chance to get out the bubble, then I want to see it happen. I want to see the action be taken then because like you said, one two Cancun or, or, or strip club and I definitely don't know anything about that for right. sure. Right. And I mean that at all sincerely, that that's not a joke. But um <laughs> I mean if they, I mean what what you gonna do in Cancun? Margarita here. So I, that, that's what I'm saying. So if they want to make it, so if you're stopping the season, think of a couple of things I can do with My point is that's that's my point is you're out the country. So these social justice things need to be dealt with here. And whether you stop or play the season, I just don't know if, if that's. I guess what I'm saying is, is are they, are they for real? Right. Are you gonna actually do some social justice during or after the season, or is it gonna be back to just you know, off season chilling? Back to the NBA, you know, because words words do a lot, but we need to see the action, like you said. So all these all these getting bombarded, you know, because they spend thirty minutes a day, yeah, doing social justice interviews right. all day long, right? High stress, not want to do it maybe anyway, or just or just the fact that in the bubble, so that that pressure's there. So now those words, now we want to see the action after the bubble. So that that that's that's the topic for you know weeks, you know weeks and years later to see what's happened. I just don't know. It just seems to be hand, it was too rambunctious. It was handled with too much raw emotion, and emotion can sometimes be very good, and very bad thing, especially in basketball, because there's there's always two different sides of that of of how of how what like you know let I me mean, Paul George depression anxiety, yeah. and there's people that handle emotion well, saying you know I can see all this going on and make an educated decision. And uh, okay, and so there's more again with this the 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 deep dive into what's happened. So. After that meeting, there was another meeting, right? And this time it was with each representative from each individual team. I guess everybody decided, all right, man, we ain't going to have everybody. We don't need 390 players. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, hey, Rondo, you can keep your you can keep your, your comment because we don't really, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tyler Hero, you can keep your comment. You're you know, welcome. Kyle Corver, y'all can just, look, we'll handle it. Okay. And it was what? It was with... Uh, the players, the owners, including Michael Jordan. It was mainly just the playoff owners, but Michael Jordan was acting as like a sort of a middleman between two. And obviously the league executives and, you know, league office and stuff and whatnot, and then the player reps as well. 
And apparently, this is according to Stephen A. Smith, apparently they all kind of agreed to what was going to happen. We're going to resume the season. Once the season is resolved, each team is going to commit to this, doing this, this, that, this, that, and the third, this amount of money, all these calls and whatnot. And apparently LeBron decided to kind of continue on for like 15 minutes. You know, kind of give his own take or whatever. And rightfully so. I'm gonna. I'm not. I disagree with what Stephen A. Smith was. I don't think actually he made a comment, but I disagree with his notion. LeBron has earned the right to get his 15 minutes off, right? You know what I'm saying? Because he's the only person. He's the face, but what he's done for the league right. as a whole. Because he only. Because he only person. Because he gonna get. Because he gonna get asked the most questions, and not only that, when he gives his answers, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be kind of splotted everywhere, right? Commenting here, we gonna read it on Bleacher Report. You're going to read it on ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports. You're going to read it everywhere, right? So I don't blame LeBron for saying, all right, this is what I feel we should be doing. I'm going to get my stuff off. And apparently he was afraid I got to do stuff for the guys beneath me. Apparently he was talking to – there was a lot of young guys on the call. And there's a lot of young guys in the room as well, mm-hmm. obviously, when they're talking about the players. And he kind of – apparently, according to Stephen A. Smith, he kind of turned a lot of the young players off. Well, guess what, young players? Guess what? Guess what? When he said beneath me, guess what? He, he was right, all right? Like, he meant, because like he said, I think when LeBron made that comment, the first thing popped in my head was he meant guys who don't make as much as him. For so sure. Quinn Cook's on his team, right? Those kind of guys, the guys at the end of the bench, you know what I'm saying, who, who money is kind of like up in there, the Alex Caruso's of the world, right? That's how I'd interpret it. I'd interpret it he meant it as I'm LeBron James the king. I'm up here. I'm the God. And y'all down here, so y'all beneath me. I think he meant it from a monetary standpoint, which is a very factual thing. We can't – what are we going to do? Because we can't make a hasty decision, and now we're affecting the money because it's a trickle-down effect. Because it's only going to affect the guy at the end of the bench. It's going to affect the, the, the rookies coming in. Yeah. It's going to affect the G League guys, right? It's going – you know what I mean? So I understood Two-way that. Contracts. But apparently – a lot of these young guys, they didn't take it that well. And I can, I can understand that because a lot of these young dudes been doing the damn thing when it comes to being in, the, like, protesting. Malcolm Brogdon was out there. Jalen Brown was out there. I mean, a lot of these dudes, Donovan Mitchell, like, they was they was holding it down. Yeah, they got stuff to prove. They still. was holding it down. I'm just, man, I'm just saying as far as, like, being advocates for social justice. Mm-hmm. Like, they was, they was out in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Marching with the people. So the, I, their point is valid, but I think it was a very overreaction from everybody, the fact they was turned off by LeBron comments. Guess what? So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> right? Like, like, he has earned the right. If, he, if LeBron James wants to get 15 extra minutes off to get what he want to say off his chest, well, guess what? He's going to sit there and listen. Because let's keep it real. He's made more money for everybody in that little video call than all they made for him. I'm just keeping it real, so I just want to get that out there, out the way. And so once they had that final meeting, they came to the agreement. Okay, we're gonna play. Mm-hmm. And they play, and they start playing today. Houston and OKC just started. Like I said, the Bucks just wrapped up their win. They're on to the second round. Mm-hmm. So things, are all everything is good. But there still seems to be just a little bit of, I don't know, just a little bit left to see how this how this yeah, continues it, to develop. It, it, it feels like it may not be over. It definitely has a to be determined feel, doesn't it? It does, yeah. because and so we'll see, and you know th- now th- this one isn't necessarily confirmed, but I just want to touch on this real quick. You, um, maybe LeBron don't want to play because maybe he doesn't believe in himself to to win the, to win the title. Maybe that depth isn't as deep as it looks. I, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just saying. I mean, if if 
they were to cancel the season, I'll be upset because the Bucks don't have a chance to make the run. The Clippers don't have a chance to make a run. The Lakers don't have a chance to make a run. But maybe, you know, some of those teams don't have as good as a shot as they do anyway. This is why this is why I disagree with that notion. One is if you look at the West, right, let's just be honest. Let's be let's be honest. Be honest. In the West, who do you really believe has a shot at winning an actual championship? In the Western Conference, just all the eight teams right there right now, who do you actually believe well, who do you actually believe can actually win it? The only and I, and I give you three the, to me that can contend: Lakers, Rockets, Clippers. Okay, let's just go with those three teams. Okay, okay. Lakers, Rockets. I agree. Lakers, Rockets, and Clippers. No disrespect to the Jazz and the Nuggets. But right, but I think the Rockets could upset one, the Lakers possibly or the Clippers. So LeBron James, you got the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets have a, your strength is your height and your you know you being bigger than the well, better shooter, way better shooter. And Ron and Westbrook has that that strain quad. Everybody know when you got that quad injury. It, one moment you good, and one moment is, is you well, can't leg, go. Well, just leg injuries in basketball in right. general. You know what I mean? Like, like We've so seen ACLs, if, Achilles, you tell, calves. You telling me, because we already see what the Rockets do. When the Rockets, anytime they lose anybody that's, that's worth any significance, they just fold up shop and go home. So you tell me LeBron can get past him? I think he can. And, sure. Okay, you go against the Clippers. We both just agreed. Paul George finally broke out of that, that thing when he was in. Mm-hmm. But he's still in the bubble. Nothing's changed. The fact things have gotten heightened, he there's a strong chance he could go back into that cocoon. You telling me the Lakers can't get past? I'm telling you, LeBron had to come out and, and play like 26 year old self against the Blazers. The Blazers are a respectable team, and then they blew him out. It wasn't like he had to do it. For okay, yeah, but that, again, but they also blew up the Blazers. But he had he did have to come out and drop 30 some odd points. He's better. I mean, you, that's what I'm saying. He better, right? I so, mean, I'm so, just saying like what he's supposed to go have. You in the playoffs, bro? You supposed to go? You better go 89. He had to. T- he had to turn beast mode on after after losing the game. I'm just saying. And wrong with that. You got to in the playoffs, ain't you? <laughs> well, well, but you in the playoffs. I, as much as a respectable team, as good as they should be, it shouldn't have to. It shouldn't have to be that way. Kawhi, to me. Kawhi working overtime to beat the Mavericks. He giving. He working hard to beat the Mavericks. Right, but Dame's been injured. They have. They have Dame just got. McCollum. McCollum's been out. He, he Zach hurt. Collins isn't playing. Okay. They. 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 I'm just saying. Luka Doncic is an MVP caliber guy who who who, who dropped forty three points to get a we, we get a W and hit a game wanted to do that. They miss the I'm just saying. I do, you gotta play hard. Like I'm not buying that. The Lakers have just a shot at winning this title as any other team. You can say that every team you can is say that about, flawed. You can say that about the Portland Trailblazers. They're in the playoffs. They have just as good no, 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 no. chance as like, anybody no. else to be in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Every team is flawed. Out of all the teams that's, that's gonna go, they're flawed. I'm not, right. I'm not I, I just don't think that. The, the, the LeBron's extent. like, you know what? I don't think I could win. Just this the extent, just the extent of. Especially with the way AD playing. Just the extent. I don't know if their bench can handle playing against other teams when, when it comes to bench, bench on bench. The Clippers has a way deeper bench than almost anybody in the league. So when you take those stars off the court, because Lou dropped thirty six last game too, thirty six, and he's and he's their sixth man. So I don't see Caruso. And and Javel McGee and 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 Kenton Avis if he's if he's still on the court and all these other and I already know who's on the bench extensively 100% for the Lakers all these guys Dwight Howard matching 36 by themselves but you, but you know what they can do they can play defense and they've been playing defense this whole time they shots ain't been falling but, I get but it Caruso, but I want to see them play against different- KCP. Right, but I think there's now. a lack of offense from Portland. I want to see a higher power offense, teams that can shoot the ball a lot better than Portland's been shooting, because Portland hasn't been lighting it up on the shots at all. So I just want to, I'm just saying, we, we can move on from this, but I'm just saying, 
I want to see how their bench can match up because there's a lot of guys that have a lot deeper bench that can keep production going and keep in the game to then get over that last that last little hump I'm when, it, when it comes down like, to winning I'm time. Brian Fury, like you said, the Clippers just lost to a t- they lost a game to a team that had a 20 point lead and Porzingis was out. Like like we we can't ignore that. They can do that again. Like you you do that to the Lakers, you can the Lakers go get you up out of here. I'm just saying they, they, they the lost the Rockets. The Rockets you the they Rockets, lost game one. The to, Rockets to the may not survive the first round. No, oh, they will. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm, I it's 2-2. Two, two. And they may go 3-2. You know it's what I'm okay. saying? Like, so I'm just saying, like, I'm not by this notion like LeBron's scared. No, nah, I'm not disrespecting him like that. Not, and AD playing out of his mind. AD, AD looking like an MVP candidate right now. He playing out of his mind. So I, 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 I ain't buying that. We'll see. Um, We'll just move on. So, anyway, boycott caused a lot of issues in the bubble. Um. The effect on our players is going to be really interesting to see yeah. as, they go, as they go through a playoff run. Because now there's pressure with saying, hey, you know, despite the fact that it's a different season, we still want a championship. So that adds more pressure to it. Now, Pacers, they're not out the playoffs. Coach Bye. McMillan is fired after his four-year – well, he was assistant coach from 13 to 16, but from 16 to 20 he was the head coach. Mm-hmm. So he's now been fired after – Four first-round losses as the Pistons head coach. Bryce, you have some thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, Pacers, I, I'm not sure what you were doing with this one. I disagree with this move immediately. Um, I just think it was a bad move. First of all, with Indiana, Indiana is already admittedly a small market, okay? It's going to be hard to attract uh, people to Indiana. It's just, it just is. Right. I got family in Indiana. And you don't see me going up there. There's a reason Paul George left. Like, the only playoff game I've ever been to was a Pacers playoff game (laughs) in Indianapolis. But it's hard to do that. And it's even harder when the stars you do have are hurt. Or not playing very well. Right. Sabonis, Oladipo. Oladipo is back, but 22 points, one game. We're not going to get Oladipo, Oladipo until next year. Right. And Sabonis is out. out. Huge young guy who's been playing very well. Right. So... I just think I'm like sometimes what 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 small markets teams don't understand and realize is you gotta take the Jerry Sloan approach, right? Jerry Sloan, the longtime head coach of the Utah Jazz, when they had John Stockton and Carl Malone and Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer, he was the coach the whole time, that whole twenty some plus years, he was coach the whole time, whole time coach. You gotta do that. Greg Popovich with the Spurs, you gotta do that. You gotta ride that wave out because when you get a good coach, you just gotta be all right. We got the coach. We don't think he's the problem. The Pacers, what the Pacers are telling me is they think he's the problem. They think they bring in somebody else is going to elevate them. No, 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 no. If the, if you're going to miss, if you're missing Sabonis, if you're missing uh, Oladipo, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't winning. The fact that he was able to drag these dudes to the playoffs again lets me know. All right, he is a good coach. We just got to get the guys healthy and put more talent around him. And also understand that as much as you know, opportunity and upsets. There's only about two or three teams in each conference that's gonna win it or, or gonna be have a chance to win it. You got the Bucks, you got the Brooklyn when 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 KD and Kyrie come back, and the Celtics because they're young and they're looking better, and everybody else or, and the Toronto. But I'm just saying I feel like the Celtics are gonna have in the, have a, have a bit more long term look to me than the Raptors do personally. So those three teams, I'll give the Raptors some credit. They do deserve it. They did just win with and they, they only lost one guy, which was quiet, but but. Siakam is an all-star, so they st- so th- th- so no offense to even Miami, who's a good team, 
and, and, and they're, they're sleeper pick. They get one more. They, yeah, they're but, but still, I'm just like saying them. for the next couple of years, though, yeah. I don't know if the Heat are going to have that. I'm saying uh, extended. I get it, but I'm just saying for long term because Jimmy Butler's been bouncing teams. I'm just saying those are the teams. So with him, you have to give him credit saying, okay, we're a small market team, don't have our players. You've been here for four years. It might take a lot more years, and I mean a lot, to get to the you know, finals-type championship because the last time they were there was Paul George. Which wasn't too long ago. Now that I think, now that we checked, yeah, Oladipo's a good guy. He's a great player, really good player. He's an all star. He can get twenty something points a game. And Sabonis is developing. Malcolm Brogdon was the rookie of the year, and he's still good. TJ Warren just needs to learn how to get past the heat, apparently. Right. But besides that, like the, in the West, you have you know the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, and you know I, I think the Mavericks are gonna come up, and the Nuggets will see how they develop. Utah. So. Now, a lot of these are almost all the playoff teams, but my point is, is that some of these teams have to look at yourself, OKC in Utah, that you may not be there for a while. Okay, and I mean, let's look at an example. Um, the Jazz. It's been a long time since the Jazz. They had, they had a nice gap after, after Malone and Stockton left before they were, you know, contending again. Um, I know I use this a lot, but the Bucks had won, hadn't won a series until 2001. And then I think the worst one, the Kings... Haven't had a good season in a long time to be in the playoffs. Neither the Phoenix Suns. Right. But they look like their time could be coming. Well, we'll hold off on the Kings. Right. But the Suns look like they're coming. So I'm saying the Jazz and the Pacers some of these, and some of these other teams realize that now may not be your turn. Now well, may not be your time. You have a couple more years to go. So if I'm the coach after four years, I guess let's get back to the subject, maybe there's some more room for him to, to mow because – there's nothing wrong with having a lot, a lot of time either, because there, there's the bond that comes, yeah. and that helps teams out. Because, like, like, like Jordan said, you know, he, he gonna play for Phil Jackson, or he not gonna play anymore. Yeah. Phil Jackson was gone. Guess what? Jordan was gone. So, but, but there was a stretch. Phil Jackson was there for what? Almost ten years. Well, head coach wise, he was there for eight, eight or nine. But he was on the team. So I'm just saying that there's, that I think that was a little premature, maybe, to fire him now. And the, the thing with the Pacers franchise is. They because they've had some great coaches in the past, right? You had Larry Brown, right? Then you had Larry Bird went to the finals with him in two thousand. Reggie Miller. Then you had Rick Carlisle, right? Then you have Frank Vogel. Like they've had some good coaches. Yes, they have. I just look Larry Brown won a championship with the Pistons. Rick Carlisle won a championship with the Mavericks, right? I mean, like that's Frank Vogel who may end up winning a championship with the Lakers this year. Obviously, Larry Bird speaks for himself. Right. Um, my thing with a lot of these, a lot of these franchises is, yes, you your path to the title has to be different. You ha- you got to do it differently. I truly believe if I'm the Pacers, this is what I would have did. Okay, we got the coach, right? Mm-hmm. They must feel like they don't have the coach. But if I'm, I feel like Nate McMillan is good enough. Right. We got the coach. That's done. Okay, who we got? All right, we got All Star Oladipo when healthy is an All Star. Sabonis has improved every year he's been in the NBA. Potential All Star, right? He's All Star last year, but he's a, but he's a he's a he's. A, I love players who get better every single damn yeah, year. Yeah. Like Gordon Hayward before he got hurt, he's one of those guys. Giannis. Every year, Giannis uh-huh. another one, and he's a, probably the best example of that. Every year you're in the league, you get better. Like players like them. You got TJ Warren. TJ Warren to me on a championship team, I would bring him off the bench. Mm-hmm. He let him rack up as many six man of the year awards as he can get because he'd be a great player coming off the bench. If I'm Indiana, literally with the roster they have, they just need one guy. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, all the depots. I, I know you just said that, but yeah. I'm going to go over it again. And, and, and 
Um, they have some other guys, some interesting veterans on the bench that can help, you know, bring up some young, some of these younger guys. They're they're like yeah one piece they away need one star one, Look, I swear one to God, piece one star they don't one. need two they just need one now I don't know you know who they can get on on off the scrap heap and bring him back up like 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 the like let, the let million, me see if you're gonna say what it is like Go the ahead. million dollar man he who? is who? he's he's a center that's just hanging out there been hurt these last three years you know what I'm talking about no play for the Kings play for the Warriors Marcus Cuss yeah you get if I'm the King all right Demarcus Cuss come here. You coming with us? With the injuries, though. You, you, you coming you with think us? With the injuries, pay him next to nothing. Pay him next to nothing. All right, you healthy? All right, we gonna have well, you. That's the question. You healthy? Yeah. Are you healthy? But I'm just saying, we gonna we gonna we we can we can afford to take the L with you. You you're a star. We can bring you back, and we can have Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo. Maybe you start TJ Warren. Maybe you don't. It's up to you. Sabonis and DeMarcus Cousins, and let's just see what the hell we can do in now, this Eastern right. Conference. Now, I'm a big Malcolm Brogdon fan, but do you think you try to mold and maybe make a trade for Ben Simmons? Hmm. Because Malcolm Brogdon is a very valuable piece, and I'm not saying you need to get rid of him, but I'm saying if you're thinking that nah, you don't I would, think so. Not if I'm them. Not if I'm, the, not if I'm the Pacers. No? If I was any other team, maybe. But if I'm the Pacers, I wouldn't do that. You got it. You got you some nice. Shoot, you want the shooter? Yeah, I want to keep Malcolm. Malcolm Brogdon is a 50, 40, 90 club. He can shoot. He, right. he's, he's, it he's, makes, he's, it makes he's sense. It makes sense. I'm just saying, as, I'm saying for I'm saying for an offensive standpoint, for distribution and size, yeah. because because then you can have a guy who, who can feed Aladipo, but still, he does score more than Brogdon. Yeah. Now that's because Brogdon is a is a better pure point guard guy who hits the shot when he needs to, gets 15 points. Yeah. He's fast, but he does distribute. But I'm just saying, if Aladipo's not hitting it. Ben Simmons can get inside and, and place as a six nine point guard. I was just thinking and that is something you they could do, but you'd have to give up Brogdon and maybe even Warren. Yeah. So that may be the problem is that may they may not have enough assets because Brogdon and throw, or you have to throw in a hell of a lot of picks. And and, and if, nobody likes Philadelphia. And, and if I'm the Pacers, right? If we bring in Cousins, then that makes Miles Turner's expendable. We ain't got to pay him whatever money he wants to make. We can walk by. But I'm just saying, like that's how much I like this roster. Yeah. That they put together, and I truly believe they have the right coach. And they, it's a lot of candidates that's going to be out there. Mark Jackson is still dangling out there. Mike D'Antoni, we both know if he that's, if he loses, he's going to be an unemployment. That's line that's next that's week. an interesting thing. Absolutely, right. there's yes. a lot of guys out there. Jock Vaughn, who's the coach right now for the for the uh, for the Nets, he he may have a chance. Tyron Lue is still out here. <laughs> I don't you know like Tyron Lue. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of candidates that you could pick from. So I'm really not sure, but I Bro think Brown. right Bro now, Brown. who? Bro Brown. Nah, I'm just nah. saying he's uh, out there. He is out there, but uh, <laughs> I just don't like the move. I think I think it wasn't fair. Um, I think they could have waited. I think they could have. It was quick. It was quick. It was very very quick. He was with the organization for seven years. Only head coach four years. I don't know. And if, and, if, and the players like they liked him, so yeah. we'll see what Indi- direction Indiana is going into. Uh, they I I still like their future because I still like their talent on mm-hmm. the team. But I I truly feel like they had the coach. There was just one superstar away to getting something done. But, hey, it is what it is. One, two, Cancun for Indiana. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, The next thing that we're going to see how this goes is the the Washington Redskins. And the reason I say it that way is because – I'm sorry, the Washington football team, which makes it even worse. (laughs) So, that's what we're going to see how this goes. So, if you haven't heard about the story yet, um, obviously, nothing good comes from the Washington football team, hashtag slash Redskins. But um, 
the story that broke in the Washington Post is about some, I guess for lack, I mean, just some sexual misconduct, which is always a bad thing. Right. Anytime there's a, there's a player organization that is re- resolving in some sort of sexual or opposite sex conduct issues, you know, because we've seen with, like things like Ray Rice, you know, with, with, with you know, you know, with with hitting and, and and you know abusive, you know, you know physically or or now you know sexually, doesn't go doesn't doesn't really go over well, and 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 it just sucks that it happens to be with sports. So this has to deal with the Washington football team. Uh, Bryce, take us into this a little bit. So, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to the Washington Post. They're the people that broke the story, and if anybody knows the Washington Post, they're legit. They're the ones who broke the Watergate story. Um, so, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the movie All the President's Men. It'll tell you everything you need to know about Watergate. Or Forrest Gump. Or, for, or Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, so, first, I want to give a shout-out to Will Hobson, Beth Reinhardt, Liz Clark, and Dalton Bennett, who covered the story. And it took them a while to get the story. They had to interview over 100 people, current and former staff members. Of Obviously, the who remain anonymous, and they are anonymous. Right. And they looked at a bunch of documents. So, but pretty much the gist of it was, like, like, like Eric said, Sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, pretty much just a hostile work environment, especially for women at that organization. Now, everybody knows Dan Snyder. And we, uh, I'm saying when we say women, mainly around also like cheer, like some of the cheerleaders, cheerleaders as well, which we'll get into, but women in general. Just women in general. Yeah, women in general. Um, and it's just, it wasn't good. And from the top down, it was just, it was a very, because hmm, we've all had jobs. Right, we've all had jobs in which you go there, and it just sucks. It's toxic. People talk about each other. Um, you know, management, con- you know, condescends you, talks to you like your little kid. Right. We've all had those jobs. So this is a very relatable story, but in almost in a different sense. In that, women felt very uncomfortable to just feel like just being at this place. And, and everybody knows the Washington organization sucks. They sucked for a long time. Yep. And when you start to read this story, and I tell, challenge everybody, please go read it. It's a very good read. You start to understand why. You see the dysfunction happening not, not only inside the actual locker room, but you see that it permeates from above. You see it starts with the owner, trickles down to the general manager, trickles down to all his underlings. Vice presidents. The vice right. presidents. And, you know, you got everybody in there just thinking that they don't stink. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. just treating people without a lack of respect. And Though, with that being said, Dan Snyder, who is the owner of the Washington football team, did make a statement that said he was unaware of these allegations until he surfaced in the media. He says, I take full responsibility of our, for our organization. But then he went on to refute a number of these claims of these sexual harassment and allegations um, um, as we, uh, you know, during the post-investigation. So he's been the owner for 20 years. Well, yeah, 20, 90, 21. Yep, but 21. yeah, 20, so 20-plus 20 years. And this is not – I'm sorry. Let us recap real quick. This is not a breaking news story necessarily. Right. This has been an ongoing investigation, and, they, and this has been happening since uh, – you know, conveniently since Snyder's taken taken yeah, an office, so so you can see how maybe it's not so much. You know, maybe it's got to start somewhere. Right. So this has been an ongoing thing, and for him not to know about it for twenty plus for over twenty years, you know, until it came to the media, and cool to take responsibility, but then refute that. 
kind of seems a contradiction. So what you know, uh, you know how you know doesn't seem like he's got a clear mind of how he feels about this. He's gonna say everything in one big swoop, and then you know just see how it plays out. Also, and I have a question for you, and it kind of begs a question: If it's your, if you're the president, or if you're the owner of anything, is that a cop out? If you, because Ella DeGeneres said the same thing, because she's been part of this whole toxic workplace discussion that's going on this year. You're, as the owner, even if you're not, say I'm the owner and I own Bryce's Computers, right? And Bryce's Computers, now say the headquarters of Bryce's Computers is in, I don't know, Bangor, Maine, somewhere, right? But I live in California. But, uh, but I got Bryce's Computers in, in somewhere in Fort Worth, Texas, and there's incidents about workplace issues in that Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the owner of that. So shouldn't I take some responsibility? Do you think? Is it fair to say if the owner like is it can I own, is that a cop out what he said? I don't know anything about this. Well, to, to me, it, I'm sorry. To me, that's a bad example. And let me tell you why. Because to me, organization. I'm not saying there's not as many as employees, but the owner is in direct connection with operations of football. He is the money. He is the money man. Yeah. You have you have a CEO. You have a CFO. You have other guys that can handle some of that workload from a CEO of Bryson Computers. Right. So to me, it's a little bit different. But I think it depends because this is 20 years. So if there's 20 years of that of Bryson Computers, then yes, it's been 20 years. Yeah. You, you tell me you never heard about that? Because to me, let's just say it took a while, three years, and you're starting to hear more and more about this as Bryson Computers. To me, as a president, CEO, I'm like, okay, I need you, 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 and you, and you. We all gonna come around. We're gonna address this issue right now. And even on the CEO, we're gonna talk to some of these lower level employees. Me as the CEO and figure out what's going on here, or I'm gonna have people that do that for me, because I don't like my company being represented this way. A football team is a company, to in, in you know the broadest term. Okay, NFL is an organization. So yes, I think though for him as being an owner who. Everything's got to go through him. Contracts, all that. Yeah, they have a general manager, but general manager is speaking from the money that's given by the owner. So I'm, I'm just saying. So in, in, in sports, no, I think the owner is directly, yes, 100% responsible. And, Absolutely. And the reason why when he's... And all, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Also, this is going more in depth of the story, which Bryce will probably explain. This is not just the owner, though. The, the president, the vice president, there's, there's other people... So going down the line that had issues, so because of that, yes, it makes the owner to me even more responsible because the guys that you picked are the ones that are having the, are also partaking in this issue, are the ones that really started the issue, and then you just, you know, either look the other way while you're in the room or even approved it. So, you know, d- despite what he may say, so no, yes, he is responsible. And uh, there are two incidents that that makes what he says that kind of calls into comes into question about him. About him stating that he didn't know anything about that, that kind of comes into play. One, there was an incident with a cheerleader, a former cheerleader of the team, Tiffany Bacon Scorby. I hope I got her name correct. It was an event, a Washington Reds, um, sorry, a Washington football team charity event that took place in 2004. Like, so like Eric said, been, this stuff been happening, been percolating, right? He called the cheerleader over. Now, mind you, based on from the story, he ain't never said two words to this cheerleader <laughs> in her life. Ain't never said hi, hello, how's your day going? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not exactly on the same level. Right, right. But he motions her over and, t- and asks the cheerleader, you know, introduces her to his friend, Anthony Roberts, who's an ophthalmologist for the team. So, again, another personnel of the team. And motions her and says, hey, you should go upstairs and get to know each other better. 
at a hotel room at the Washington Hilton. Now, you take from that what you will. You take from that what you will. If anybody sent me a text, of the op- somebody from the opposite sex t- sent me that. Now, I'm married. I'm just saying. But if anybody from the opposite sex, a woman, sent that to me, there's only one thing that's going to my mind of what she may be, what they may mean by go fish get to know each other better. Right. Because we ain't going out there playing go fish now. I mean, they, I mean, it could be. You could. <laughs> you could. But yeah, I agree. There's a little bit more than just getting to know each other because they can do that with at the events. I can talk to you for 15 minutes to know you real well. Yeah, and I gotta go upstairs to the you know the hotel room. And also, there was another incident, and that's and again, this comes into more play of some of the personnel. So Larry Michaels, the team's former uh, senior vice president of content and radio broadcast, now. Everybody knows a lot of these cheerleaders, just like when it comes to Sports Illustrated, they do these little team calendar shoots and they go all over these places, Hawaii, Democrat, you know, the, you know, the Dominican Republic. Oh, I can't speak. Yes, Dominican Republic. Right. And they do these little video shoots and stuff like that. It's all supposed to be fun and dandy. Woohoo! And obviously, uh, they are, the, you know, they're wearing stuff that is you know, very attractive. Right, very so revealing. I, I, guess, I, can say, uh, I can say sexy if I want to, I guess. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Right. You get, you get where we're going with that. And apparently, Larry Michael instructed employees to collect lewd outtakes from a video of the Chile's 2008 calendar shoot. And Michael also indicated to staff members to separate the video with B4 Snyder. So these are two incidents, two incidents that people come out and say, hey, wait, wait a minute. Hey, you're saying that you didn't know anything about this, but these are two incidents. Of, one, you directly participated in by propositioning a woman to go upstairs with your friend to get to know each other better. And there's another incident where someone is saying, hey, we should make a, uh, a, uh, a different video, an outtake, a blooper reel almost, for you. And to me, the odds of you interpreting that wrong, saying Snyder was like, like Snyder saying, well, at the time, I really didn't mean to get each other well better, and I, I, I didn't mean for it to be those kind of bloopers. There was like no room for wrong interpretation at that point, unless you are that big of an idiot. But seeing that you're the owner of a football organization, I don't think that, I don't think you interpreted anything that bad. I think that you were caught, and you were sorry that you got caught, right. as my parents used to say to me. And it should be noted that Larry Michael, just like uh, Schneider, has also denied the allegations. It's only fair that we put that out there. That, that nothing's actually been corroborated yet. No, we want it. Yeah, we want to let you know that he's denying it. Right. And another excerpt from uh, the article that I took away was. Now, the Post also interviewed Susan Miller, who also served as the president of an employee referral agency in Virginia. Now, if, if, if you don't know anything about referral agencies, their job is to get people, it's almost like a staff agency almost. Yeah. To get you no, in, I would say the same thing. Right, to get, you know what I mean, work here, work there. If a referral agency refuses to, to send people to your thing, that says a lot, because that means they're withholding opportunities for people. That's big. Especially people that want a, a, a sports hour, which is a hard industry to get into. Right, so they're saying, look, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so horrible up there. We would rather shoot you from there. We don't want you to have to deal with any of that type of stuff. So that, when I read that, that kind of let me know. All right, something's going on. And I and and anything annoying about about Snyder, I, I believe it. I truly believe this. Um, I believe these women. And and the whole time with the Me Too movement, and just with the whole Elgeneral thing that started this year. At some point. People are going to have to realize, and me and Eric discussed this as well. Like, if I have, I don't, people, I don't know. If I have power, I, I may be a douchebag too. I have no idea. I've never had power like that before. But that does not give you the right to treat people 
Like, because like, being a douchebag and, se- and having sexual misconduct allegations are two different things. Yes, like it's one thing to just like like Michael Jordan, right? We use I used that as an example last time we right, spoke right, about right, camera, right. right? Like, right. like the Bulls in the '90s, that was I would consider that a hostile work environment, but it worked because sometimes I truly believe this. You can hate me if I'm wrong, but sometimes when you're at the best, when you're the top of the best, it's gonna be an intense. Mm-hmm. Thing. But there was no. But that's nothing yeah. to do with. Go, no, go, go. Well, there was no sexual uh, harassment or yeah, sexual sexual remarks. Right. He was just, you know, just just the a hole yeah. for, for for lack of better you know wording right now. So being a ho- a trash kind of person and just treating other human like like as in just um, regular social settings is one thing. Sexual misconduct is another thing, because that means you are also socially bad. And then take it one step further. And make it something else that that is entirely different that takes more than just the evil person. And it's not even about to say some kind of thing. It just it comes down to respect, well, that's right? It, yeah. I mean, you he there was the excerpts in the story about how he told some agencies, "Hell no, we don't want send this person back. We don't want them. Why? Because they look they look frumpy." Or no, if you if, if Mr. Snyder comes your way, put your uh, look away. If you're talking to him, have your head down. Like, wait a minute now. You know what I mean? Like that's okay. That's that's it for you. Like we're 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 all supposed to be on the same team, and the fact that you want us to do this, you want me to do that, you want me, you want the proposition to me go up to your friend, like I'm some some pawn in your organization. I don't blame them, and and I, his day is gonna come. I don't feel for him. I don't feel, I don't for, feel him at for him at all. And there's a strong chance that by the end of hold on now is this Bryce is right is this is this part of it hey, is, this hey, an go ofi- ahead. is this an official prediction yeah, I truly believe that by the time this whole investigation is over you're gonna see a headline about Dan Snyder wanting to sell the team I truly believe that I truly believe that I know fans have been craving for him to sell the team but I think once this comes out because this may well turn into a criminal investigation because at first it wasn't Absolutely. but then once a right. lot of Chile found out about the videos and all that kind of stuff because that's mm-hmm. privacy now it may turn into that, so I truly believe that we're gonna keep the story unfold as the season goes on. But you know what? I don't it, it, respect. You know what I mean? Like what? What Aretha Franklin say? R e s p e c t. That sometimes it's just that simple. I have nothing else to say. Okay, and that'll wrap up our time. We're gonna keep checking that story and keep you guys updated about these things. Again, uh, follow me Eric twenty three twenty on Instagram, Eric Bradley Rashaw on Facebook. Follow me at Bryce Holden on Facebook and follow me at Bryce F-A-H-M and podcast on Instagram. Um, Every Thursday and Sunday mornings, these podcasts will be out. Thank you. Peace.